Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz. This week, the Seahawks face off against the Houston Texans as Pete Carroll looks to get his 150th regular season win. The last two meetings, you know, the last two games against the Texans have actually been pretty incredible. Uh, You go back to 2013, that was the one where Richard Sherman scores a touchdown, loses his shoe. Then the last time these two teams met, Russell Wilson and Sean Watson, they had a shootout. And now, maybe with Davis Mills and Russell Wilson, it's not going to be quite the matchup that we've had these last two times. But, uh, you know, with our team, they're probably going to find a way to make it interesting somehow. So I am down in Houston. I'm looking forward to this game. I'm going to be in the yellow lot ahead of the game, tailgating with all our other Seahawkers that are out here. Looking forward to it. But I'm also looking forward to getting into these press conferences. So let's get started with Shane Waldron who spoke about the increasing involvement of rookie receiver D. Eskridge in the offense. He's just continuing to be on the rise. You know, we've talked about earlier in the year where, you know, he had some injuries to deal with. And, uh, you know, then it was able to play right at the beginning, talking training camp with injuries, then plays right at the beginning, then then unfortunately gets injured again. uh, And then really kind of had to hit the reset button and and build himself back up. And he's done such an excellent job at it that it, you know, started to pay off. And you really saw it in this last game. You saw his ability to where he can catch transition, stay on his feet, make someone miss in the the two-minute drill down the left side there. And then also at the finish of that two-minute drill where he's able to catch one just short of the goal line, but make the defender miss and end up in the end zone. So, you know, he's continuing to grow. And I think all of his growth just stems from the hard work that he's put in. And he's continued to be at another great day of practice today, you know, putting in that work and continuing to improve and, and have that great overall understanding and letting his talent come to life. Waldron also talked about his confidence in the rookies who have been working along the offensive line lately. With both Jake and with Stone, you know, those guys did a great job of just mel- uh, melting right in. And just like other guys have had a play throughout the year, those guys have done a great job out on the practice field, you know, where they moved around, played some different spots. Uh, you know, you look at some of the things, you know, you look out there and Jake's playing left guard and Stone's playing right tackle. You know, not exactly the way uh, you draw it up as, as the thing starts out. But, you know, they both did a great job playing with confidence. You know, you don't feel like, oh, man, we got some rookies in there. You feel like guys like... You know, we're, we're so many games into an NFL season. Now those guys have taken done a great job of learning and improving every week. So they don't feel like, oh, man, there's rookies in there right now. There's guys that know what to do, you know, and they expect to play great when they're in there. And as our offensive coordinator looks ahead to Sunday's game in Houston, Shane also talked about the strength of the Texans defense, which is their ability to create turnovers. Their 21 takeaways is near the league lead. You know, looking at all their turnovers, they do a little bit of everything well. You know, first of all, when you're running with the ball, they're punching at it every chance they get. You know, they're really coming aggressively after the ball. Uh, so any any loose balls right there, you know, they're coming in fist first. So they have to do a great job locking it up, especially, you know, whether it's in the open field or in the, the core of the line. You know, anytime that happens, we're ready for that to, to be part of their their plan. And then, you know, in the secondary and even their linebackers, they do a great job attacking the ball in the air. And they've gotten a good amount of picks, 14 of them, and, and a, a good amount 
amount of those have been those guys coming downhill and high pointing the football and, and taking it, you know, not not waiting for it to come down to them. So offensively, just that aggressive mindset when the ball's in the air and not let them be the, the aggressor. One player particularly familiar with Houston is the former Texan Dwayne Brown. And we heard from him on Thursday. Here's what he had to say about his first trip back to the city to face his former team. I'm excited about it. I mean, I spent 10 years there, so uh, a lot of history there. Um, it's going to be, you know, different being in that facility on the, the visitor side. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to it, though. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm feeling good, uh, feeling good about the game plan. Um, you know, coming off a win, we, we're, we're looking forward to going out and get another one. Moving on to Russell Wilson's press conference. Here's what he said about how he supported Gerald Everett since his disaster of a game against San Francisco. I mean, I've been talking to him during the game and after the game. Um, we texted, talked, you know, after the game in the locker room too as well. Um, we also, uh, you know, obviously all, all week, you know, he's, he's one of those guys that doesn't blink. You know, he knows that, um, you know, he, he wishes that that, that that stuff didn't happen. Um, but he's competing, you know, he's doing the best that he can every day. He's been tremendous for us this season. He's made some... Um, uh, amazing plays for us, you know, and he continues to do that. He will continue to do that. And if I believe in anybody, you know, Gerald Everett's one of those guys. And Russell also addressed the rumors about him this week that he had a list of about three or four teams that he would be willing to accept a trade to. I don't, I'm, I'm not really on the social right now as much um, or anything like that, but I, I, I did see it because somebody sent it to me. <laughs> um, you know, no, that's not that's not that's not in my head right now at all. I, I didn't say that either. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm focused on what we're doing here. Obviously, I, I love Seattle. This is a place that I've, I've, I've loved every day, every moment. Uh, I talked to you guys about joy last week. Um, you know, when I hurt my finger, you realize that, you know, every day you just you, you want to take advantage of every day. I've always had that mindset. But just, um, you know, I, I love this. I love this, this place. I love this space. I love where my mind's at. I love where our team's at. Um, I, I think that we can be better, um, you know, you know, in, in this journey. But we can we can go as far as we want to go the next five weeks and plus, you know, and so I think that's the, that's where my head is. And, you know, so that, that's, that's a, uh, it's a non-story. Uh, hopefully I get to play here for, you know, 20 years of my career. Um, will that happen? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, but that's my prayer. That's my hope. Um, you know, uh, and all that stuff, that's, that stuff's in the future, you know, that stuff's down, down the road. Uh, I think my, my, my mission and my focus that I can only do right now is focus on right now, today, third down, red zone, light it up, have a great day. Uh, bring as much energy and much focus as I can to this football team. Um, as, I, as I mentioned, I love this place. I love this you know city and this team and, and what we can do. So I, I think my, my focus is on that, and that's, that's really what matters. Wilson was also asked about his thoughts on mayo. Yes, the condiment mayonnaise. Bobby Wagner dissed the condiment in his press conference on Wednesday, and then Dwayne voiced his support for the spread on Thursday. Russ had his chance to break the tie. Um, man, I, I think, man, it should be in the kitchen on, especially on, on, on Thanksgiving. You know what I mean? You gotta have some you know, turkey sandwich, some mayonnaise. You can't, you know what I mean? You gotta have a dry turkey sandwich, you know? So I don't know, but I'm not sure this, where this question came from. And you know, this has generated a lot of debate. There's, there is a lot of mayo hate out there. And I, I had no idea there was the vitriol for this particular spread. So I only recently found out that it was actually a good butter maybe not good but a decent butter substitute for making grilled cheese so how about that a, a, a versatile spread i will say before we get to p carroll's press conference we're going to come back and hear from tyler lockett on what it's like being nominated for the walter payton man of the year award that's coming up next
Seahawks veteran wide receiver Tyler Lockett was nominated recently as the Seahawks selection for Walter Payton Man of the Year. It was an award that Russell Wilson won last year, and Tyler had the opportunity to address what it feels like to be nominated for that award. Honestly, man, just to be nominated as the Walter Payton Man of the Year award, it really means a lot. Um, I'm somebody that doesn't like to tell people, you know, a lot of stuff that I do off the field. And so it was kind of weird for me because when I was nominated, then you're everybody's hearing about all the stuff that I do off the field. And sometimes you just get caught up and you don't want people to know because then it makes you feel like you're doing it for everybody to see. But for me, it was just a recognition that I really take the heart and something that I appreciate because I've seen like other people when I got here. You know, I've seen what Russ does. I've seen what Bobby does. I've seen a whole group of people, Michael Bennett, um, Cliff Averill. Um, even our general manager, John Snyder, like you see the stuff that people do off the field and a difference that they want to make for whatever it is that they believe in. And for me, I wanted to be able to do that same thing. And there's a lot of things that I want to be able to do. But I understood that even the work that I want to do off the field is also a marathon, just like the football season. It's a marathon. It's never a sprint. And so I wanted to be able to focus on certain things so that way when I'm done playing, I can continue to do those same things. And it's not just something that started and then it finishes when I'm done. Much of Lockett's work has focused on his hometown of Tulsa, Oklahoma, especially highlighting the city's black history. And if you want to read more about Lockett's efforts, there's a November Field Goals piece by Wilson Kahn. Definitely got to check that out. But here's Tyler on why he made the city's black history a focus of his efforts. That's one of the things that I want to do. Um, obviously, there's more that I want to do in Tulsa and there's things that I have been doing. But that's one of the things that I think is really important between shining light on your city and also shining that light into the world, because a lot of people don't understand that um, Tulsa was once what, what Atlanta looks like now. You know, everybody sees Atlanta and they see the successful African-Americans and all that type of stuff that's going on down there. But very, very few people know that Tulsa was considered Little Africa. Like that was a nickname that it was given. People moved from Arkansas and all these places to be able to build this amazing community in Tulsa, Oklahoma, five to 10 minutes from my house. Right there, we had the the Stratford Hotel. We had so many crazy things to where it was like they were about to name Oklahoma a black state. Like that's how, you know, crazy it was. And for me, when I grew up, there wasn't much there. And I'm sitting here thinking like there's nothing in Tulsa, but you go to Dallas, you go to Cali, you go to New York, come here to Seattle. Everything looks amazing. And I always looked at it like, man, we want to step behind. And I understand why we were one step behind, because at once we had it all. And once it was taken away, now all of a sudden you have African-Americans who think sports is the only way. Entertainment is the only way. Selling drugs or doing whatever is the only way. And it's because we don't have that exposure to see what we once had. So, like, if, if you grow up in Atlanta, you see successful doctors, successful lawyers, successful whatever, but in Tulsa, it's hard to find that. And it's just because it's hard to find it. But back in the day, it wasn't. It was something that was literally right there. That's a CEO. That's a business owner. That's a hotel owner. Everything was there. And now that it's not, it's being able to create that same exposure that was once lost so that we can be able to be great again. 
Following the game last week, we heard from Pete Carroll and Carlos Dunlap that Tyler helped to motivate the team ahead of that 49ers game. Tyler spoke about what inspired that speech to the team last Saturday before the game. Man, I just felt like God kind of put it on my heart. I was driving around and it just kind of came to me. And, you know, the hardest part is talking to Pete, <laughs> trying to figure out if this is even something that, you know, that he would even accept and let you do. And so I just sat with it a couple of days. And it was one of those things where if you don't do it, you feel bad. And if you do do it, you don't know how it's going to turn out because you everybody looks weird when you stand up in front of the team and it's on your own terms. But I mean, I just felt like I had to do something and it was something that was on my heart. And so, like I said, I just wanted to be able to do my part. And sometimes I'm realizing, like, if you don't step up and do your part, you never know who it is that you're going to touch. And, you know, I was able to sit here and listen to what Dwayne said. I got to see what Russ said and Carlos said. And that's what I mean about, you know, in my foundation, um, everyone deserves a chance to shine. It doesn't have to just be through sports, but it could be through your family. It could be through just being able to speak up. It could be whatever it is that you want it to be. But those are the moments that I'm realizing that really creates a lasting change on people. And so when I got up there and I was able to talk about our why, you know, a lot of it was because we get so caught up with this game of football and and what we have to do in order to get what we want out of football, but we miss out on what the game of football has done for us. We miss out on, you know, how much it saved a lot of us from going to the streets or how much it gave us a chance to be able to to not owe any money in college because we got scholarships. You know, like for a lot of us, it brought families together. It's done so many amazing things for us. And just being able to take a moment to sit back and think about what football has done for us gives you a different perspective on how to play this game and how to approach this game. It's not about, I need to get these stats. Those are cool too. But when you start to enjoy it as in like, man, you know what? Like this game has allowed me to get a foundation. It's allowed me to be nominated as Walter Payton Man of the Year. It's just allowed me to be nominated as the Art Rooney Award. Like you start being able to see what your presence and your traits and your characteristics mixed in with what this game of football brings. It allows you to be able to see the results of everything that comes after it. And so that's the biggest thing I talked about. And then the second thing was just um, kind of what I touched on was just what has this game done for you? And when you really ask what your why is and what this game has done for you, it doesn't matter what your record is. None of that stuff matters because even with what I said, a lot of people's wives and girlfriends probably get mad because they don't understand why we're so committed to this game. And sometimes we're committed more to this game than, than to them because it's like we'll give our last just to be able to make this game work, even if we got an ounce of hope. If that's winning the Super Bowl or going to the playoffs, who cares? As long as you got a chance, we'll take it. You know, so that that's just the biggest thing is regardless of whatever happens, like the reason why we play, if that's re really why we play, then there doesn't need to be any other motivation. Let's now move on to Pete Carroll's injury updates from Friday, starting with running back Adrian Peterson. Adrian, uh, he had a, a lower back issue that came up and he felt a little bit coming into uh, Wednesday. And then on Wednesday, he couldn't go. So uh, we're going to hold him out. One of the running backs who is ready to go is former first round pick Rashad Penny. Yeah, it feels like the first time he's been back to back in a while. You know, we really come back the next week and, and go again. So um, what I'm implying is that uh, 
um, I'm hoping that he'll, you know, he'll be a big part of it uh, in, 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 in the game. I'm not telling you n numbers or any of that kind of stuff, but I'm just real anxious for him to be part of it and see what he can contribute in, in all of the different aspects of the plan. And so um, it, it was really good to, to get Alex a week, you know, because he's got a, kind of a nagging issue that he's dealing with, but he made it through fine. Um, like always, I don't care who gets the ball the most. It doesn't matter to me. But what I will try to do is get a feel for who's who's doing well, who's got a good feel for it, and and give them more opportunities as the game goes on. With the running back room, things are looking up for Alex Collins as well. The the last couple weeks, um, Alex was preparing, you know, by really holding back during the week and uh, and then letting it go on the weekend and. Uh, this week he didn't have to do that. He, he was able to practice fast and hard and, and get his reps in because that just missing that game just gave him a boost. So, uh, um, you know, he, he's, he should be back to normal and back to you know, full flow and all that. I know he's excited about coming back. He hated that he missed a game, but, but it, it, we kind of had to do it. He wouldn't, he wouldn't have chosen not to play. He wanted to go, and we had to do it to try to rest him and give him a little bit of a, of a jump for this finish of the season coming up. Moving on to the offensive line, here's an update on right tackle Brandon Shell. Jake has played on, on the right side for us, and Stone can play there as well. Um, Brandon, you know, he's been hanging in there with the shoulder that's been just a, a bother to him, and, and uh, we just got to give him a break this week and, and see if we can get him stronger for the finish of the season. Another player along the offensive line, left guard Damian Lewis, is ready to return this week and does not even carry an injury designation into Sunday. Yeah, well, first he didn't miss a snap all week. He took everything, you know, and and uh, it was great to have him back out there. Just it feels feels like it's supposed to feel, you know. Uh, um, it's just he's such a good football player, and he's, as he's growing into it, uh, it just feels good to have him out there. So he was he missed nothing. So uh, he means something to us because he's been a starter and he's been working hard at it, and and uh, he's tough and, and all that. And so it's it's you know just helps us you know continuity wise. Um, so it's a good deal for us. There is one player who is listed as questionable on the injury report, and that is safety Quandre Diggs. He's going. He, he feels fine. You know, we, we missed time so that we could rest him to make sure, but he's, he's determined to play, so I'm not even thinking about it. So we know Diggs is on the injury report. There are four other players who are on the Seahawks injury report, all listed as out. Jamal Adams, of course, is one of those as he is having season-ending shoulder surgery. Kyle Fuller is out with a calf injury, as is Travis Homer, who is dealing with a hamstring injury in addition to a calf issue. And as already mentioned, Brandon Shell is out with that shoulder injury. For the Texans, defensive back Terrence Brooks and Deshaun Watson are the only players listed as out. Six players are questionable, including tight end Brevin Jordan, wide receiver Brandon Cooks, defensive back A.J. Moore Jr., defensive lineman Jonathan Grenard, their sack leader, former Seahawks linebacker Kevin Pierre-Lewis, and offensive lineman Jimmy Morrissey. That's going to do it for this show. A big thanks to Wilson Kahn for helping to produce this episode. Follow him out on Twitter at Wilson underscore Kahn, C-O-N-N. I am at Seahawkers Pod on Twitter. If you're at the game, come say hi. If you're going to be in the yellow lot ahead of the game, this is going to be a lot of fun down here in Houston. Can't wait for the game. I especially can't wait to be back here and talking about a win and recapping this game. So until then, go Hawks.